0: More than 15 heads of states and governments will attend the inauguration of the Democratic Republic of Congo's president-elect, Felix Chisekedi. Today, the Congolese leader, secured re-election in last December's polls with 73% of the vote. However, some opposition leaders have denounced the election outcome and called for nationwide protests. Chris Okamringa has more from Kinshasa.
1: Workers are putting final touches to the preparations for the inauguration of the Democratic Republic of Congo's President-elect Felix Chisekedi. Eighteen presidents are expected to attend the event that will be held at the Stade de Matir in Kinshasa. In December, the DRC's Electoral Commission declared the incumbent president, Felix Tshisekedi the winner of the election with 73% of the votes cast. But his re-election was denounced by nine opposition figures who participated in the polls. They cited widespread irregularities like delays in starting the vote, malfunctioning voting machines, and cases of ballot box stuffing, which they say undermined the credibility of the vote. Three of the opposition candidates have called for nationwide protest on the day of the swearing-in ceremony to try to force fresh elections. The government has warned that it will crack down on demonstrations and urge the opposition figures to accept defeat. The DRC is a mineral-rich country that has only had one peaceful transfer of power since it gained independence from Belgium in 1960. Chris Ochamringa, SABC News, Kinshasa.
0: 15 after 6 o'clock onto this now global supply chains are facing severe disruption as a result of the world's biggest shipping companies diverting journeys away from the Suez Canal and the Red Sea attacks by attacks by Houthis in Yemen on commercial vessels have resulted in many firms deciding to avoid one of the world's busiest shipping lanes US and UK naval forces in the Red Sea have now launched airstrikes against Houthi rebel targets in Yemen in response to the attacks on shipping, a move which according to the US's own admission has so far had no effect. Because of the attacks and the threat of future assaults, several of the world's largest shipping firms are diverting vessels away to a much longer route, takes much, much longer, around South Africa's Cape of Good Hope and then up the west side of the continent. Can South Africa capitalize on this? We're joined on the line by Chris Hatting, Executive Director at the Risk Analysis Center. Chris, great to speak to you here on The Weekend View. Thank you for your time. What do these assaults mean for global trade?
2: Uh, good morning, Sir and Zile. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, in terms of global trade, we all thought maybe after COVID and the end of lockdowns, things were going to return to normal. Um, prices would come down. Inflation would be a bit lower. Supplies of materials and components and manufactured goods would return somewhat to what they were around 2019 but these attacks mean that you've still got those ripple effects in supply chain so we all hope that inflation would really come down this year but if the longer this sort of thing continues, the higher the possibility of the cost of goods remaining elevated, the more for the longer central banks have to keep interest rates higher to keep a handle on inflation and for middle for low to middle income consumers in developing countries, there's a risk that um, produced goods, manufactured goods, the prices of those remain elevated.
0: How soon will we begin to feel the the impact of this, Chris? Because there may be those who are saying, well, will it really affect us? Um, You know, there there are many, many examples of of how, whether we're talking about conflict, uh, you know, uh, whenever we speak global, you know, politics more generally, or disagreements between superpowers, if you will, that it does actually um, affect us. But not everybody can actually see the direct link. What is the direct link in this case?
2: So for South Africa specifically, we can maybe differentiate between um, attacks on container vessels and attacks on oil and gas vessels. So fortunately for the time being, it doesn't appear that the Houthis have Targeted oil and gas supply tankers, um, that sort of thing, if that were to happen, that would really increase international oil prices. Mm. And because South Africa imports a lot of uh, finished oil and uh, finished um, sort of um, or, uh, gas as well, in that case, then we would definitely see the negative consequences thereof. But regarding containers and manufactured goods, A lot of these goods are moving from China to Europe so they're not destined for South Africa in the first place so if for example these shipping companies are affected and their prices increase it's not that those goods are coming to South Africa they're just Mm -hmm. coming around South Africa Um, we can benefit maybe from from offshore refueling and things like that but those goods aren't necessarily intended for South African markets so for as long as the oil and gas container ships are left somewhat uh, alone South Africa shouldn't be a direct um, sort of cost brunt of this th- this event.
0: Your thoughts on how the the US in particular are in fact handling this the, the President Biden in fact uh, um qu- quoted in you know s- several reports saying that they aren't obviously um at war with the the Houthis saying that uh, they are trying to stop them however though they will in fact uh, you know, they will in fact continue. Uh, What do you make of of, of their management? And we've seen, you know, in recent times how how South Africa has found a way to to get involved in these issues, whether it was the the, the Ukraine-Russia issue, our most recent um, intervention and involvement um, with with, um, the bombardment of of Palestine. Can we in any way begin to have a greater voice on on the economic impact of the conflict? And um, is, is the U.S. really just failing here?
2: I think there's a a great opportunity for south africa in the context of the african union Um, if you look at Mm. possible tensions now between ethiopia and somalia around um, moves in somaliland that would directly um this conflict around the suez canal would directly impact negatively on ethiopia for example ethiopia being One of the largest economies on the continent the Suez Canal crisis at the moment is deeply affecting Egypt and Egypt's economy um Mm -hmm. they rely a lot on income generated from ships moving through the Suez Canal so South Africa with its weight on the continent and also in terms of one of the the pre eminent countries in what we what we're calling now the global south could use its power to get the African Union maybe to start maybe sending forces, maybe uh, negotiating in some way with the Houthis, if one considers that a viable route. At least start putting some options on the table and adding more more weight to it, instead of maybe sitting back and waiting for a country like the US or other European countries, maybe Saudi Arabia. For them to solve this issue, I mean, global trade, on average, it benefited countries around the world. It helps lift lift living standards. It helps to lower the costs of manufactured goods. If you can secure the world's shipping lanes, overall, it's better for growth, especially for emerging markets. Um, And then just on the US point, uh, I think uh, maybe the the fallback has been, let's use military force. Mm. But if you're going to use that, you need to ensure that it is targeted that it is uh, well managed that you sort of deal with the root root cause of issues. I know uh, the Biden administration, when uh, President Biden was first elected, they removed the Houthis um, from certain lists, uh, maybe as terrorist group and that kind of thing. In that way, then you create more space for them to operate. Now they're back on the list. So there's no real consistency. Uh, You need to communicate that consistency. You need to be clear on your targets on what you're trying to achieve here. And then also, maybe encourage other countries to also take some measure of responsibility and fulfill their responsibility and their mandate around protecting global shipping and the global economy.
0: So there may may very well be a benefit for South Africa, given the changing refueling patterns for the vessels. But you're saying it's, it may not be as significant, perhaps, as we may think.
2: I never want to discount the benefit that we could get from this kind of thing these sort of global events you need to i guess you equip your country to be well suited to take advantage of that kind of thing so if if our ports were functioning better if we had stronger refueling opportunities bunkering opportunities you could assist those ships that are now coming around um, uh, around the port of cape town and others i know there have been some reports that some of these ships are preferring to uh, dock At facilities at Namibia and at Maputo. Um, Mm -hmm. Maputo, for example, the port of Maputo, their exports are up 16% from what they were in 2022 compared Mm -hmm. to 2023 because they're taking advantage of issues at Durban Harbor and Richards Bay, for example. So I I think any additional revenue could be of benefit. It could be used to invest in more infrastructure, to create more jobs. Um, It's not going to fix everything, of course, in the economy. But these small things add up over time and you create your reputation as a sort of safe haven, uh, a reliable trade partner, reliable infrastructure. That sort of thing could definitely benefit you in the long run.
0: We'll park it there this morning. Uh, Chris, thank you very much for your time with us. Chris Hatting is the Executive Director at the Risk Analysis Centre.